1: What is artificial intelligence? How has it influenced society, and what role does it have in our future? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. shoot in California. And after a long drive, we decided to stop at a Denny's at 1 a.m. to get some dinner. I mean, everything's normal, right? Well, I looked over and there was this machine delivering someone their eggs and toast. It felt like a scene out of iRobot. Between Siri, Alexa, and Google Home, there really isn't a question that can't immediately be answered on the spot by our mobile personal assistant. We're also seeing advancements in the medical field with machines that can routinely identify abnormalities. Well, these technological advances are all byproducts of artificial intelligence. Oxford Dictionary defines artificial intelligence as the theory and development of computer systems that are able to perform tasks normally requiring human intelligence, such as visual perception, speech recognition, decision making and translation between languages. But while we're seeing a lot of technological advancements in this field, it also brings the fear that human values are being replaced. So what are the pros and cons of artificial intelligence? How is this technology applied today? And what is the future of artificial intelligence? Here to talk to me about all of it is the Vice President and Director of Governance Studies at the Brookings Institute, Daryl West. And Daryl joins me now. Daryl, how's it going?
0: It's going great. Nice to be with you.
1: You are a real person, right? You're not AI? (laughs) <laughs> it's, hard to tell, it's hard to tell these days <laughs>
0: <laughs> i know the robots are getting better and better we do have to worry about
1: that they really are well um there's a lot to get to on this podcast but let's just start with a basic definition what is artificial intelligence
0: artificial intelligence is algorithms that compile and analyze information and then act on that information Algorithms can make independent decisions. We see this in the finance area. They're making lending decisions. And so they're really becoming quite ubiquitous in many different sectors.
1: Who writes these algorithms? Because it sounds like you have to be very smart. I think that's above my pay grade.
0: That's above my pay grade <laughs> as well. It's uh, very scientific oriented people, software uh, coders, uh, engineers, and uh, so on. So it's a very technical area uh, and Uh, What we have to do is make sure that they're developing the algorithms in accordance with broader values.
1: I see. All right. I just looked this up. I was wondering when iRobot came out because that for me is the first time that I I really, I know AI has been around, but I think that was the one where everyone's like, whoa, I mean, robots, they they could take over and uh, people got freaked out. But obviously AI exists in a lot of different forms. So this was in 2004. How long has artificial intelligence been around?
0: I mean, it's actually been around for decades, but the reason it's getting a lot more attention now is the AI is much more sophisticated. It can develop and generate a much broader range of data. It's being used by governments and businesses in a much more comprehensive manner than ever was the case 20, 30 or 40 years ago.
1: So when you say it's being used by government and businesses, in what capacity does that look like? I mean, let's just go with the government, for example.
0: Well, there are bad uses by governments around the world where AI is being used for mass surveillance. And uh, clearly, that is a huge uh, problem. There are a number of com- uh, countries that are basically violating human rights and using the technology to spy on people and employ facial recognition software to identify dissidents and uh, things like that. But there also are much more positive uses in the healthcare area. There's AI that is now gotten so sophisticated, it can read x-rays and CAT scans almost with the same degree of accuracy as a human radiologist. So those are just a few of both the positive and negative ways in which AI is being used.
1: That's interesting because any, any form of advancement in technology, my initial thought is, okay, it's scary because I, I'm very old school, but also when it comes to the medical field, that's where we really can benefit from technology advances like that one. So what does that mean? You say, okay, can, it can read x-rays just as well as or almost as well as a radiologist. What does that mean for human beings moving forward in this world where AI is getting better and more advanced?
0: Well, it shows why AI is becoming so ubiquitous. I mean, basically, any job that involves routine things, like even reading a CAT scan, like you can train the AI to spot abnormalities in terms of what they look like and how they differ from normal, normal tissue. Uh, in the finance area, uh, we find that AI is being used for fraud detection. And so AI is becoming prevalent just because it's more sophisticated It's more ubiquitous. It's being used in a lot of different areas, and the benefit is it can actually relieve humans of boring, dirty, or dangerous jobs. So, for example, if there's a nuclear disaster someplace in terms of a reactor, instead of sending humans in to find out what the problem is and the scope of the radiation, you can you can send a robot in with a video camera and remote sensors, and so it can. Tell us what's going on inside that reactor, as well as what the radiation levels.
1: Oh, interesting, because, I mean, that is a very dangerous job. You don't want to be exposed to radiation. So if you could send a robot, we, we've even seen, um, you know, that with our, our space exploration, where humans can't go, sometimes robots can.
0: Absolutely. And Mars is a great example of that. I mean, the U.S. has sent a number of rovers there that have very sophisticated cameras, They have remote sensors that can measure a lot of different things. They can uh, have a a seismometer, which uh, looks at the prevalence of earthquakes uh, in these areas. And these are all unmanned vehicles, Uh, but they're helping to advance science. They can take humans where humans cannot go at least yet.
1: Is there one person who invented artificial intelligence? Who are some of the trailblazers?
0: I wouldn't say there is one person. It's basically been a lot of people over a period of a number of decades that first kind of started out uh, with data analytic capabilities and then refined the concept, added greater capabilities to the point where AI is now powering autonomous vehicles self-driving vehicles Uh, you can basically train cars to avoid people avoid other uh, vehicles and stay within its own lane Uh, we're seeing it in the retail sector i mean there are now stores without any cashiers they use a combination of computer vision and ai to see what it is that you uh, want to purchase uh, you walk out through a turnstile, it automatically charges your credit card or your mobile payment system. So there are just lots of uses uh, that are relieving humans of very routine types of tasks.
1: Right, um, that that is that's a discussion to be had too because you know it. You look at that, it's like okay, our our lives might be become might be coming easier because of that. But then there's the other other element of just human connection. I, I remember I I hate the new McDonald's thing. I love McDonald's, but you know you go and you order on this little thing, but you can't really. It's hard to make modifications. Sometimes it's easier just to tell someone your order. You might have a conversation with them about their day. You might learn something new about somebody. But that's something that. Isn't present with these things, right?
0: Yeah, now that is a problem. You know, the more technological our society becomes, uh, people do worry about the loss of human interactions and whether people are kind of addicted to their phones as opposed to being willing to talk to other uh, individuals. And then, of course, there also are possible ramifications for the workforce, Uh, like there are a bunch of sales clerks who who work in retail establishments that may end up losing their jobs. As self-driving vehicles become more common, taxi drivers and ride-sharing service drivers could end up losing their jobs. If these AI algorithms that can read CAT scans... Uh, develop in sophistication, then radiologists could be at risk. So we do have to worry about the impact of technology on society as a whole, as well as how our economy functions.
1: Absolutely. That's, I mean, personally, that's my biggest fear because, you know, you work, you work in this industry, you're used to talking to people and connecting, and and there's something so valuable about those interactions. Um, You know, on that same note, Do you think it's possible to teach machines ethics and empathy uh, or compassion? Again, I go back to the movie iRobot because obviously we know we learn so much from these fictional movies, right?
0: (laughs) I don't think we can really teach robots and or AI algorithms ethics. I mean, you can program them to consider certain factors that humans would consider important. But, you know, the Famous example in the self-driving vehicle area is what happens if the car is driving down the road and there's a choice of either, you know, running over a bunch of people or hitting a bunch of children. Like, what is Mm -hmm. the ethical decision to make in that particular case? I don't think we want an algorithm making those types of decisions, and I don't think they are capable of making those types of decisions
1: right now. Right. No, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. I think, you know, those, those are things we're born with. And, you know, depending on what you believe in, you know, I believe in God, so I believe God gave us those things. So it's hard to— to, uh, simulate simulate that in a robot too. I mean, it's, it's very complicated. This is why the uh, conversation about artificial intelligence is so nuanced. And, you know, you went through some of the pros and the cons of it. Um, where do you think our future is given the, given the advancements we've made in the last couple decades and, and how that's kind of expedited in the last little bit here?
0: I mean, technology innovation is really going to accelerate over the next five to 10 years. I mean, people think because the Internet has been around for more than 25 years, we've actually seen a lot of the innovation that we're going to see. And that is absolutely not the case. We're actually still in the infancy, but the innovation is really going to pick up speed very quickly. We actually saw that over the last two years during COVID. I mean, COVID basically forced people into remote work. Uh, online education, telemedicine, and e-commerce. And those things are not gonna go away even as the pandemic really subsides. And so uh, we're gonna see a combination of a bunch of new things uh, hitting the marketplace. So the AI is gonna get more sophisticated. Uh, Robots are uh, developing new types of uh, capabilities. There's machine learning uh, that can analyze texts and discern patterns there. There's supercomputers and quantum computing uh, that is on the near horizon. And so when you add all these things together, the world five and ten years from now is going to look very different than it does right now. All
1: right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this.
2: Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services.
1: Um, it's something I always have been curious about with artificial intelligence. Does it take a human being to, uh, kind of tweak the algorithm for it to get more sophisticated? Or if you have something that is AI, can it start to learn on its own?
0: Algorithms can start to learn. So for example, if it is analyzing data, like, you know, e-commerce patterns and, Uh, You know, the the manner in which people are uh, shopping for products, it can start to discern certain patterns and basically be programmed to learn based on those patterns. Like if you see consumers, you know, getting wildly enthusiastic about some video game, then you can elevate that in the marketing. Uh, The AI could basically make that decision on its own. So uh, the whole point about AI is It does have the capability of learning. And of course, that's what concerns people because people worry, is it going to learn so much that eventually we are going to be at risk?
1: Right. I mean, that's freaky. (laughs) <laughs> um, I, you, we were talking right before we hit the record button and you had you asked how long this podcast was. I said, I mean, as long as we're having an interesting conversation and you said, "Don't don't say that to an academic." Um, I'm curious from you just given your background, what has intrigued you the most about this uh field of study, artificial intelligence?
0: I mean, the most interesting thing for me is really the basic governance question of who decides on all of these technologies. Because Mm. really for the last several decades, America has had a pretty libertarian stance on technology innovation. Like we basically allowed the private companies to make decisions on which products to develop, uh, where to sell them, to whom to sell them. Over the last few years though, there uh, there has emerged a tech lash a backlash against technology where people are worried about all sorts of things. You know, they're worried about fairness, equity, lack of transparency, the impact on human safety, what it means in terms of uh, the workforce, and are people going to lose jobs. And so going forward, we're likely going to see more public oversight and public review, as opposed to delegating most of the decisions to private companies. There are going to be government agencies at the local, state and federal levels that are going to get more active because there's a concern that the AI is being developed in ways that may threaten humanity or parts of our economic system. Of course, there's concern about uh, using uh, AI for authoritarian uh, purposes. Uh, mm-hmm. There's worry just about the large scale of uh, these big technology companies. Do they have too much power or are they basically making decisions that affect our political system, and the way our society operates. So I think going forward, where we draw the line in terms of developing enough public oversight that basic human values get incorporated, but not so much regulation that it destroys the sector, where to draw that line will be the interesting question going forward.
1: Wow. That is, I mean, that's something you don't think about. It's you look at Google and Google knows all. I mean, you always think, OK, human beings, if, if, no matter how long, how many, how much schooling you've received in your past, if you go on Google, Google, you can really know anything in the matter of seconds. So it's kind of a fascinating idea that our technology is getting so smart that, um, you know, people are worried that it'll overtake humans. Do you think that will ever be the case? And how do you keep that controlled?
0: I don't worry a lot about that for the next several hundred years. I mean, the Hollywood vision is kind of the killer robots, you know, the Terminator, uh, where these very sophisticated robots end up enslaving humanity. I do not lose any sleep about that. Oh, thank what goodness. I worry about <laughs> What I worry about are kind of the more mundane but actually problems that are here right now. And that's, you know, the impact on privacy. The cybersecurity mm-hmm. aspect, you know, other countries are hacking us uh, left and right uh, now. The kind of the impact on human safety, you know, how it's going to affect our society, our politics and our economy. Like these are issues right now. So I prefer to focus on the known problems as opposed to things that actually are not a problem right now and are not likely to be a problem for several hundred uh, years, Uh, I will trust somebody 150 years from now to (laughs) worry about it.
1: We will be long gone by then, so we won't have to worry about it. (laughs) 150 years from now, unless AI becomes so insane that it allows us to live forever, which that seems a little... You know, I'd rather live forever up up in heaven. Um, you, you talk about the impact on privacy. What what are we seeing right now that is is worrisome um, with that? And, and how has that been regulated so far?
0: Well, the privacy considerations are really very important because people are now living so much of their lives online. I mean, you have uh, dating apps uh, for uh, young people. Uh, you know, our health records are now online. Uh, People are taking courses uh, online. And so when you Mm. kind of add up all of the information that every one of us is putting online, how we go about protecting that is becoming an issue. There are data brokers that basically buy data from a lot of different sources, integrate it. And so there actually are massive amounts of data available on each of us. Now, if you're a normal average person, you probably don't have to worry about it. If you're a celebrity, you do start to have to worry about it because uh, things could be uh, used against you, things that you may say or do in your uh, private life. And we've seen examples of that. Politicians definitely have to worry about it uh, because Uh, you know, people come through their uh, background for every little uh, detail, and there are a lot more details out there. So privacy is something that we need to take more seriously, just because of the sheer quantity of information that is out there and available on all of us.
1: Yeah, I think about banking too. And, um, you know, it's, there is a lot of our information that exists online. And, you know, maybe, maybe there comes a time, and I think there already is a time where AI probably is also used to protect that. It's like, it's kind of like a vicious cycle, right? I mean, it's, we we have the AI, maybe it can be hacked. But then we have to create another AI that um, that can protect us from being hacked, and it just keeps going around and round.
0: Now that is absolutely uh, the case. Every technology can be used for good or ill. Often the very same technology. So, for example, you know, facial recognition can be used for mass surveillance, as is happening routinely in China, but it can also be used to find the lost toddler. Or a senior mm. citizen who may be having memory problems and wanders away from home, uh, you can uh, yeah, use a facial recognition to find and identify those individuals. So it makes it hard to regulate because it's hard to get the strengths of AI and facial recognition and all these other uh, technologies uh, without incurring the downside.
1: Right. I mean, there's, that, there's a reason why the whole industry of digital forensics exists, too. I mean, you can extrapolate that data to help you solve problems. Mysteries and crimes and and things like that. So it really is a crazy uh, idea that we have so much information that we can we can do things with. Um, I also read about artificial general intelligence. What is that?
0: Artificial general intelligence is kind of multi-purpose and multifunctional AI that can do a lot of different things simultaneously, meaning like humans, like you and I can alternate through a wide variety of tasks uh, instantaneously. We don't worry about it. We don't really have uh, that type of advanced AI right now. We have AI that is really good at a specific purpose. So a bank can use AI to kind of analyze somebody's credit history, their income level, maybe their social media activity and determine whether they are credit worthy and whether they deserve this uh, loan and uh, whether they have a high probability of repaying uh, that uh, loan. Uh, And so there are lots of ways in which uh, the technology can be used in uh, those uh, particular ways.
1: Uh, I have actually another question, Um, and and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. So if you don't know off the top of your head, no worries. But is there... AI that has existed for a long time. And you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, it's existed for decades. Um, Is there something that we kind of come across in a day-to-day situation that people might not realize is artificial intelligence?
0: Actually, my favorite example of that is, you know, we all have this experience when we're writing uh, through a word processing program or, you know, just drafting an email, kind of the auto-correct function, the spell Ah. correction that is basically an algorithm that is kind of looking at your writing and if you misspell an obvious word it will automatically correct it now the thing that this is people should actually watch the autocorrect function in terms of how advanced and how sophisticated it becomes because it actually is a metaphor for uh, ai in general i am still shocked at sometimes how rudimentary uh, the autocorrect is yes. i mean ideally I would want an autocorrect that knows me and my style of writing and the language, the words that I use, so that it's a personalized autocorrect. Right now, it's pretty generic, and sometimes it corrects things that I don't want corrected. (laughs) It may be a foreign language word that I'm using in an email, and it autocorrects it to an English version, which is not the word that I want. If it were really sophisticated and personalized to me, it would know kind of the foreign language words that I would use. So people can monitor that. That's something that's been around for a while. It's obviously gotten a lot better uh, over the past few years, but it's actually not as good, and it's certainly not personalized in the way that one might expect in a highly digital world.
1: You would think that by now they would have d- developed something that is a little bit more accurate. The amount of times, Daryl, that someone says, baby, how are you? And my name's Abby. And so it's like they, they always put, oh, my gosh, I mean, Abby. <laughs> You know, it's it's that's a great constant. I, I feel personally attacked by this algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> um. So kind of last question, as we wrap things up here, Daryl, um, you know, you've worked and done a lot of studying on this field. Is there something that is uh, maybe. Let let me phrase it this way. The most important thing that you think people need to know or something that is misunderstood about artificial intelligence?
0: I mean, I think the thing that people need to understand is the AI is advancing rapidly. It's being deployed in a lot of uh, different areas. We need to get a handle on how we want it to be used. I mean, we need to be having more conversations about both the good and the bad uh, uses of it. We need to figure out for the bad uses how we want to handle that and who should make those uh, decisions. Should it be private companies? Should it be a, a local state or government agency? What role should the public be playing in those discussions? I mean, as somebody who studies uh, AI and has written a a book on the topic, I would just like to see more conversation about uh, those uh, various uh, topics. Uh, The public is engaged now in the sense of understanding some of the problems of technology, but we need to figure out what the best path is going for. How do we want to oversee this uh, and how do we want to keep the benefits of innovation while uh, not suffering as many of the problems that we seem to be suffering right now?
1: Right. Uh, excellent point and a great way to wrap things up. Daryl, thank you so much for coming on. We'll have to have you on again as, as we even advance further in artificial intelligence. And by the way, you sound like an AI or that. You, you might be even smarter. So, By might, I mean you are smarter. So we'll keep, you, we, we'll keep you coming back.
0: Thank you very much, Abby. Good to talk with you.
1: Thank you. You as well. <laughs> Class, these are my office hours, and here are some top takeaways about artificial intelligence. Number one, artificial intelligence has been around for decades, but has been getting more and more sophisticated. It's used in many industries, but one that's really benefiting is the medical field, where AI can spot things like abnormalities or things that might be missed by the human eye. But that brings me to number two. Just like many forms of technology, artificial intelligence can be used for good or ill. While it can be extremely useful for things like finding lost persons, medical studies, space exploration, going places where humans can't, things like that, it also can be weaponized when it comes to mass surveillance, violating human rights, or using technology to spy on people in that capacity. And number three, as we move forward and AI becomes more advanced, Daryl points out that we'll also need to evolve in managing AI when it comes to government regulation, its effect on politics, basic human rights, things like that. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast on Artificial Intelligence. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed.